sincerely, the Sweens. Yo, keep it basement. Keep it basement. Back at it, baby, with the bang bangers. Don't go anywhere, bitch. And you keep doing you. All right, Sweeney, I'm going to see you later. Stay black, (laughs) (laughs) That's not so bad. There we have it, folks. Keep it. (laughs) Keep it basement podcast. Time to make my move. Sweet taste of victory like Oprah's Bunny. Damn, son, where'd you find this? It should be a sport in the Olympics, but only trans midgets should be allowed to do it. Nice. And also, Greek freak, brother. Champion. Nice. Greeks. Lotimo. Greeks. That's how Greek freak. How's it look? Look good? I literally don't have anything to say. What do you think of my one of the best interviewers I've ever met in my life? Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you are building trans. So I just talking to this thing. Shout out Giannis Papias here at 22 West Bridgewater, New Jersey. Just did a show, uh, outdoor show, COVID, COVID, comedy, comedy show. Uh, COVID 19 Delta is back, better than ever. Canceling some dates. So back to more outdoor comedy. Oh, my question was actually the process. Back to the fucking parking lot. My question is, uh, appearing on Rogan the second time. What's the vetting process of that? And like. When you go there about va- getting va- like vaccinated or getting tested, uh, people think he's an anti-vaxxer because of his comments on Spotify. Uh, how is that whole process being on that show? Because obviously it's a huge accomplishment in your career, um, in any comedy's career. Like every comedian wants to be on that show. So like, what was the whole process going into that? Uh, he won't let you in unless you have COVID. Gotcha. So you have to have COVID. And <laughs> no, it's he's very cool. He's get it. He's not an anti-vaxxer. Uh, he tests everyone who comes in. He tests himself, and um, that's it. Yeah, it's everyone gets tested. So he has like a nurse there that does it, and he gets tested. And he's definitely not an anti-vaxxer. How does that work out though? Do you get uh, like kind of connected in through people, or is he one to reach out to you first, or is it like love you what you're doing, my brother? Love your comedy. You actually guys go good together. I was watching the episode, Thanks, yeah. and I like when you're talking about the Duke scandal and all that. Like, to be honest with you. that's funny. Yeah. Do you get nervous prior to that? Like, do you like sit on the plane and be like, all right, I got to talk about this, I got to talk about that? Because I like when you're talking about the Duke scandal story, and you're a smart guy, and I, I like when you guys talk about other things in comedy. It's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. No, no preparation at all. Like. Uh, you know, the thing about Rogan is he's a comic and he's such a chill, down-to-earth guy. Like, no bullshit, no, like, you know, bowing to the king. Just That's the truth. He's just a, he's a comic. So you feel like you're sitting with the comic and it doesn't have that feeling of, like, you know, oh, this is a big thing. It just feels like you're sitting down with a guy who's a comic who loves comedy and who does comedy. Thank you. It's like the new Howard Stern. I was watching a video on YouTube, him talk, uh, Howard Stern talking about Joe Rogan like way back in the day. It's weird how everything evolves like that. And uh, you were telling me in the parking lot before about online content, uh, Patreon and, and YouTube. You were saying you would prefer someone to do that now over regular stand-up because of money and financial reasons. Yeah, I wouldn't prefer it. I mean, it's not my preference, but I think you asked me, like, do you think, do you, I, do you need to do stand-up anymore? No, no, I, I, no, you don't. I mean, stand-up is a great thing. If you do it, it's great. But it's not as important as um, doing something funny on the internet. Basically, I think you should just try to be funny no matter what you do. And if you want to do stand-up, that's great. If you want to put a live fucking podcast up, what? The, I mean, you got to just build your fan base now and do whatever. But yeah, most of the guys who are making money, they, they, don't, they don't even do stand-up, really. And the ones that do, it's like, are they great? I want to hear something funny. Uh, someone who doesn't know about comedy, he was saying that 
he thought you and Tim Dillon were the same person. I don't know if that's a compliment or a diss, but I feel like that's a compliment. Like, you guys are good together. I mean, and, like, I mean, hey. he was on the uh, Patreon episode. I mean, you know, give me a pokeball. I need a pokeball. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, we uh, we could fit into the same person, his body, not mine. Yeah. Two of us could be, I could be hiding in his body. So he could be right. I think I told you this before. I gave him a, a gay flashlight outside of a comedy club, and he definitely hated me. But I know he's a good guy, and uh, it was just a funny experience. I thought you would like that, but yeah. He gave you a flashlight? No, I gave. I rolled. Gave, I rolled up him, like like I'm doing now. We're doing this interview out of nowhere. I was late to his show with my friend, and I really just rolled up and gave him a gay flashlight. And he looked at me like, "What is this idiot doing?" Yeah, but it's funny. Tim's uh, Tim's perfect example of that he is a great stand-up. He started doing stand-up, but he didn't become big from stand-up. He became big from his podcast, and um, he. It's been recent that he just got a. T- so I mean, you just it just makes sense, you know. It's like everyone's online. They're looking for entertainment. And um, you can just reach a lot more people um, than you can uh, at the back of a Buffalo Wings bar. I saw the se- uh, clips with the Stamos. That's a big interview coming up you got. Um, that was wild that a lot of people in your family had some illnesses and you used humor to make them feel better in comedy. I didn't yeah. know about that. And I know you got shot way back What's in the up, day. Guy? But yeah. Sure. You sh- are you vaccinated? <laughs> I don't know if this guy is anti-vaxxer in a Porsche. I don't yeah, know if he's vaccinated. This is wild. Oh, let me get out of the picture. I don't want to be weird. I'm going to have the picture, I mean. Mid interview with Yanis Papas, he's people are rolling up on him anti vaxxers for taking pictures. Gotta love it. Yeah, you know, you gotta. But uh, yeah, I'll let you go soon. But I just uh, we were talking about. Like I was being held hostage. <laughs> this, like I'll let you go soon. You sound like a kidnapper, right? I mean, you you were like. Let me see my family. That was funny when Raf Deluca was on the uh, one of the last apps, and you were like, "Yeah, I did your buddy's podcast. Didn't want to do it, but I did it." We laughed at that. Me and Tom. Yeah, it's just you know, it's comedy. We all make jokes. With the Stamos episode, that I looks... I nothing better to do in the green room. I enjoyed it. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> that comes out tomorrow, the full app, right? Uh, the full app with Stamos uh, comes out tomorrow. When's this going up? Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, we don't or know when that's going. Go to my YouTube page, uh, Long Days, uh, with Giannis Pappas. That's the podcast. And it should be up with John Stamos. It was a great interview, like you said. Uh, we talked about... It was a lot, mostly funny, but we did talk about some of the hard... Uh, you know, more of the difficult things that... Uh, I've been through, he's been through, and, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's you know, you put your comedy, that's what, you, 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 I, is really painting over the pain, that's what we're doing, we're painting over the pain. Similar to rappers. Similar to rappers, we're painting over the pain. What, um, uh, what do you think the deal is, like, do you like doing the solo stuff better now, like, uh, content-wise, or is it kind of like you look for a guest, because I know you had Norman on early on, he was a good guest with you, uh, you, you mesh well with a lot of comedians, like, you and Tim Dillon, you and Joe Rogan. But do you kind of like having that freedom to do your own shit too and being love like it. setting up? Yeah, I love this show. I love Yanni doing it. Yeah, Yanni Long Days. I love doing it. Um, I, I love them both. I mean, it's a different thing. It's a totally different podcast. Like when I do them alone or when I do them with somebody and they're both fun. And that's the podcast is I'm mixing them up, right? So sometimes there'll be guests and sometimes it's just me ranting about what's going on in the country. Will you ever do another Danny Braff show? Is he too weird? No, I like Danny Braff. This was fun. These are great. Guys like that. You know, they they make things happen. So easy. They have like four rooms like this, and so 
not even rooms, outdoor areas. I would say. Outdoor yeah, areas, yeah. but you know, it's a nice spot. He has a stage there, and um, the, the great thing about stand-up comedy is you can you can do it anywhere, and it's a good show. I mean, that was a, you know, the thing about outdoor comedy is it doesn't the laughs. It's tough for the laughs to get contagious because there's no ceiling and. There was still laughing. Yeah, there was. It was fun, but I'm just saying, like in any outdoor venue, you know, that, that a lot of people don't think about that. A comedy club, low ceilings. It keeps the energy in the same place. Where an outside, people are having fun, but as a comic, you don't you don't catch that rhythm a lot of times that you can catch inside because of the energy. But it's still great, and it's all the same. And we're the only profession that like really all we need is like a microphone. And sometimes we don't even need that. I mean, we could just show up and do a show for. There's more than four people. We we have a show. What's wild too is a lot of the times when you go to these outdoor venues, they might not even like check your YouTube out and know who you are, and then become a fan of you like old school style. That's always great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there was, was probably, yeah, there's probably people, a lot of people here who didn't know who I was. And, uh, yeah, they may check me out now. Yeah, that's a good thing. And then you never know, those person, those people tell their friends. You know, you never know who's going to be, like, the patient zero for your virality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's always good to, like, shake hands and kiss babies. And- My friend married a Greek girl, and she's obsessed with you, and, like, I, she always goes in your lives and watches when you do the Greek different the stuff and like that. I feel like you got a big Greek audience. She was supposed yes. to come tonight. She didn't come. Yeah, Shout out to her. The Greeks, um, the Greeks, the Greeks were like when I first started. Like the first fans I had were Greeks because of Mr. Panos, the character that I do. And um, then obviously Marisa. There was a lot of Puerto Ricans and yeah. blacks and gays. I've had a wild career so shot. far. Yeah, but I mean, I have I have a career with like. There's fans who know me from different things who, who have no interest in the other thing that I do. Are you like the Benjamin Button of comedy? Yeah, I guess so. Either that or the Bull Durham. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Bull Durham, I'm, I'm still in the minor leagues in my 40s. And word, on, on the ending note, do you think uh, comedians could get canceled or do you think that we're the, like the last dying breed to get canceled in a way? Because I hear people talking about how if you just say I'm just kidding at the end or make it a joke, you're less likely to get canceled. Yeah, over I think else. people, I think if you do something... If you're accused of doing something, that's hard to come back from. But anything you say, like... Like your shoe tweet. Uh, yeah, the shoe tweet, yeah. That was so viral. I mean, they were, like, ready to hate on you, and I they didn't know, know who you it were. It was the stupidest thing. I, I said, I, I called it a stimmy check, yeah. which everyone calls it a fucking stimmy check. And, you know, it was funny. All these sneaker sites had taken the tweet. So the tweet had gone viral for two reasons, which was... Hel- Yo, ru- you rule. The tweet had gone viral for two reasons. This is actually a funny thing. Like there was peep, there was like wow. sneakerheads who were posting it on their sneaker sites, and then there was like people on Twitter who were offended that for some reason I called it a stimmy check, like I was adopting, um, I guess, uh, black expressions or something yeah, like yeah. that. So it was like it was viral in two different places, like which was hilarious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the weirdest thing ever. I I, got, I just thought yeah. I mean, that was the, funny. the check was like if you call it, if you call it a stimmy check, you're gonna you're 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 getting sneakers with it, which is like I call it a stimmy check, and that's what I spent it on. I was wondering, like, I don't know. I feel like people will do this, but when you go on Rogan, you know the world's like really watching. And it's gonna help. Um, do you, people comedians try to offend Spotify employees now? Because that'd be kind of a funny joke in a way. Like in a way, do they do that, or you kind of like respect it and like? Just be who you are. I just be who you are. I, that's the thing about... They're like, offended by everything. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, you just be who you are. You can't predict who's going to be offended by what. And doing Rogan, like I said, it's like, you're doing his... Sh- it's his... Sh- he has on who he wants. You look comfortable. Yeah, it's... You're smoking a cigar. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, he's a comic. So you don't have that feeling like you would when you're sitting in front of an executive. Or, 
He's a stand-up comic, and he's a, such a down-to-earth guy for someone he's who... He's new Howard Stern. He's, yeah, I mean, his reach is similar. Yeah, he, you know, he does a different thing. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't do like, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, his, his reach is that for sure. Yeah, do you think once you get enough money or cash in somewhere or, like, own a platform, is that when everyone starts to criticize? Like, it, it's so embarrassing in a way, not to get in this topic the whole time, but, like, people, journalists coming for you, people nonstop coming for you. And just trying to like end the, everything you got going. Yeah, I like, think that's they, the only shitty thing about a comedian. Well, because like, it's content for them. Yeah, that's their content. They they get clout off. That's of that. their content. That's their, that's their. They can't do this. They can't make a funny sketch. They can't do a painting. They can't, you know, write an uh, article that takes balls for them to go like put on a press vest and go to Iraq and get a real story. Yeah, yeah. So they lay in their fucking underwear and they Google podcasts. <laughs> And they create. That's their content. Yeah. That's what they're putting out to get their followers. So you know, that's just what they're doing. That's the era we live in. You know, it's like there's always leeches. There's always parasites that live off in every business. The, the, you know, the guy who the middleman comes. Fucking bug. 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 Yeah. There's a middleman that comes along. There's always someone who's a leech, an agent, man. Every business. So that's what they do. They come and they try to find something on you, so that they can get to people to read off of your name something bad that they found. And it really only works if you work for someone that they can intimidate um, because of their advertisers. Gotcha. So it's like 10 people who care. And if they're loud enough, they can bully like a network or, you know, like they don't go after Joe Rogan. They go after Spotify. Exactly. You always say they're trying to go after Spotify because that's his employer. And then the employees get a little weird, too. They make it like the employees are part of the problem. Too. Yeah, but he's got so much. He's got that fuck you money where... Mm-hmm. His and and he's has he had the audience first before Spotify, so they can't do anything. And and if they did, he wouldn't care. Like he was just as he was bigger when he, before he went to Spotify as yeah, far yeah, as numbers yeah. were. So it's like they can't do anything to you unless there's something to take from you that's not yours. Yeah, I actually prefer watching the YouTube more. I miss it in the YouTube clips. That's where I watched what you were doing. Then I went and like it, it drew me into the episode though, right. so it did help. But I'll let you go. I don't want to be so annoying all night. You're not one of the, at all, one man. of the last perspectives is. Uh, like do you like you said something really interesting and that's what I realize now it's like bro like everyone and their mom could have a podcast right but when you have that audience I know people who are like media personalities they got a podcast now that they're already famous and got like seven figure deals for Spotify they didn't do a podcast the whole time they were doing something else do you think that's like a new trend you see where it's like fuck it once you have the audience you could do whatever and that's what you yeah. cash in on yeah d- d- no matter what you did before no matter what you trained in, I guess, if you want to say that, or whatever your craft is or lack thereof. If you get the audience, yeah. Someone in hip-hop um, never did a podcast, waited, he got like a seven-figure, six-figure Spotify deal, and it's coming out now, and it's episode one of a podcast, and he just cashed in on a six-, seven-figure deal off of that because he was big in something else. Because they need the audience. The audience has yeah, now yeah, come right. organically. Like, um, So whenever anyone gets a TV show or whatever... What they're trying to do is get people to watch their shit. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to get your fans to watch their shit yeah. or use their uh, to use their interface or their app or whatever. So you got to get the audience. You got to get your fan base. There's nobody like those Will Smith level famous people yeah. don't really exist. It yeah. won't exist going forward. It's like um, everyone's gonna have be famous to their fans, and that's you see that now because things have, everything's exploded into a million pieces. Uh, I got this in my notes before we go. I know it's annoying, but uh, uh, Schultz said something interesting. I was watching a clip, and he was saying that he's kind of 
it seemed like he was worried in a way. What I mean by that, he said like TikTok comedy might take over and dictate what's comedy because you can't you can't get away with certain things on TikTok. They take it off, and a lot of people now are blowing up on TikTok, creating an audience. So it's like that fucking prank humor, that TikTok comedy might dictate the future of comedy. And I think Charlemagne disagreed and said, no, like, the next big app will allow more uncensored stuff and allow things to come. And Schultz was saying, like, TikTok comedy seems like the next thing going on with comedy for, like, the younger kids coming up and the come up. What's your take on all these platforms and censorships or, like, building an audience through that? I think TikTok will go away. Yeah. Like, the same way the other one did. Algorithm's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's all inflated. You get on there. I remember the first video I got in there. It gave, they gave me like three million views, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the followers started rolling. And they're all just Chinese bots. The Chinese, <laughs> yeah, it's not the Chinese and the Russians are playing us like Yago in the Shakespearean play Othello. They, they have all these AI bots. It's fake. They're inflating the numbers. They're causing all the strife. They're tweeting at you. A lot of times, it's just bots yeah. causing. You, there's all these. There's proof that intelligence, American intelligence, has found out that they've targeted civil rights causes they talk anything they can see that they can cause discord in this country they're on it and it's working so hats off to fucking the subterfuge that the russians and the chinese are using online because it's working and tiktok is a fucking chinese app and yeah you get on there my my friend's daughter has like my friend's daughter she's like at 15 she has like fucking eighty thousand fans and you go there's like one comment they're not real. They're not real followers. People make money on that shit yeah, on the content. It's like crazy. fucking unpacking her backpack or something. So they get on the app, and the way they hook you is they give you a bunch of followers. So then you're chasing those followers. Right. So sex sells on there. I put my porn clips on there. They get huge. Put podcast comedy reviews. Don't get big. But it's crazy because there's young girls shaking their ass, getting millions of views, and like perverts following them. I get banned for like having a little like a porn star with like a bikini on or something. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't. Weird. Think, I don't think TikTok is here to stay. To be honest. So I disagree with Fine. you. Fine. It's like Vine. It's like one of those where it's like, it's a type of video, and you even now you watch you watch the kids hitting the fucking whoa, and you're like, I've seen this a million times. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's, it gets old. Um, YouTube, obviously here to stay. Graham, uh, th- those types of algorithms always weird, but like that is the future. Is like there'll be a new app like Charlemagne said that comes up and does something else that'll get popular. And all those TikTok kids are just going to get old. They grow up and they're done. What's weird is like Tim Dillon did like that crypto conference and like other things like, you know, getting going on Logan and Jake Paul, which is crazy for audience wise. Do you think like back in the day, like there's things that you do for clout and it's considered hacky. Now it just seems so trendy and in like it's okay to kind of be clout worthy. Yeah, man. It started really with uh, actors doing commercials. That used to be anathema. Yeah. Like uh, if you did a commercial, you were looked at as like a sellout. Then, like, all the Hollywood guys started doing actors. Then you started finding out how directors really make their money. They don't make their money. There's only, like, one or two guys doing blockbusters. Everybody else, Woody Allen included, all those great directors were doing commercials. That's how they made their money. But they didn't want people to know because there was a stigma. And then that that stigma got lost. And and so that wasn't looked at as, like, a sellout thing anymore that you're, like, fucking hawking Doritos or whatever, like Bill Hicks used to make fun of. It's almost encouraged now to, like, clout. It's encouraged, yeah, you get, Takashi 69 hip-hop. Bullshit, you're getting fucking sponsored. And, uh, yeah, it makes for bad art. TikTok house. It makes for bad art. You're you're doing a Mountain Dew commercial or whatever the company is that's sponsoring, you're doing it. So, yes, I agree with you, and... um, I think the good comedians make fun of it, though, in their own way while making money, which yeah, is smart. and look, if when you hear an ad on a podcast, the podcast isn't beholden to that ad. Um, and, and certain advertisers go with the content. They feel like if there's an audience there, then you'll get 
the the type of products that they feel like that audience might like. So they know what they're getting into because you're doing the podcast before the ads come. Yeah. So it's like you're, it's not like you're getting hired and they're going, okay, we're brought to you by Kellogg's. So this is the type of content you have to do. Like you do the content first, you get the fans, and then they come and they just try to sell your fan base shit. I mean, you got Alexander Cooper, a caller daddy, doing a New York Times live, and they call her the new content creator, and she's getting and Chelsea Handler's on her show being interviewed. I mean, nothing makes sense anymore. No, yeah, Chelsea Handler. I mean. Yeah, Chelsea Handler. Like these media personalities, like the Pauls and the Coopers, Alexander Coopers and the TikTokers, they come right in. Like even like Portnoy, old man Portnoy, went on TikTok, got a TikTok podcast with some guy, and now he's back in the limelight. Yeah, it's, it's just a wild time. It's about uh, affiliating, getting the other person's fans, Network sharing fans. Yeah. But the funny uh, thing about like uh, Chelsea Handler and stuff is like her, Sarah Silverman. They're both funny comics, yeah. especially Sarah Silverman. Yeah, yeah. But they did so much off-color shit when they were younger. They they act like we don't know they've gone super work, super woke to cover. They don't want anyone looking back. Yeah. I mean, Sarah Silverman did black. I mean, fucking Chelsea Handler used to do all these crazy race jokes and shit. And, uh, you know, and then now they're like super woke. And the reason they are is like a defense. They're like, hey, don't go look through my shit because you're going to find some bad stuff. Yeah. So uh, it's funny to watch them preaching that shit now when like when they were when they were coming up they were doing all the worst jokes yeah uh, that was Giannis Papas don't want to keep him all night he's got to drive home don't want him to spill that dip or yeah, uh, sure swallow it right? don't fuck a lot of me if I get it I know I got it from no not me you got it from Tom Zappia no I'm kidding <laughs> but I'm good um, keep it basement here oh yeah any words of wisdom you have for anything going on in the audience uh, words of wisdom and future stuff to yeah man on. here's the deal words of wisdom don't buy into uh, it's cliche but don't buy into like you got to make it in something or you got to make a lot of money and like that you're like life is now. It's not like when you make it. I know I've met the most successful people in the world. They're just as miserable as everyone. Everyone's the same. The thing you got to do is time. Time is more valuable than money. Spend your time wisely with people who care about you, who you enjoy, and that's worth more than money. Because let me tell you something about money, dude. You can lose it. And you can get it back. Time, whatever time you lose, that shit is gone. And you're only here for a limited amount of time. And that's what gives it value. Because it's fucking rare. Money is infinite. I could ask him questions all night, but we'll wrap it up. But, like, I genuinely like what you do. And you're a good dude. And even, like, the things I listen where it's not even comedy. I love love what you talk about, like, even on Rogan and stuff. But, like, yeah, you're always creating, man. I I feel like you're just always on, and I feel like it's it's a good thing, but I feel like it's a challenge as well. But, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate everything. That's the the era we live in. You got to make content. You got to figure out a way to make content without being too annoying. And I find your thing. This was a good interview, man. You Appreciate really, it. Yeah, it was good. I, I didn't have, I didn't have, it was off top. Like, I swear, like, I was going to get a cameraman to come. It didn't happen. And then this guy was in the parking lot, my friend. And I was like, yo, can we interview Giannis real quick if he, if he allows it? But yeah, appreciate it. You got to be on the ground. What do you think of micro uh, influencing, midget wrestling? What is that? It's, uh, oh, I said that already. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But my friend keeps telling me to ask you that because he wants to, uh, I'm into it as long as the wrestlers are trans. Good, gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we did that That's event. It was fun. But, yeah, I appreciate it, man. You're, you're a good guy. You're a dude. You're, you're a good dude. Follow me if you ever want to. I mean, I know you don't follow losers or random people. Keep it basement here. Lou! We're good. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you, Lou. Keep it basement, baby.
over there give him a hug. Nah, nah, it's make nice. Dude, you want a flashlight? Yeah. Fuck yeah, I want a flashlight. Yeah, take one, bro. Fuck yeah, I want a You got him a, a fucking flashlight, right? That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, I've been eyeing these up. Shouts out to our sponsor. We welcome the newest sponsor of the podcast, Fleshlight. Fleshlight is the number one male sex toy in the world with its soft, real feel insert patented to be so lifelike that many have proclaimed it feels better than the real thing. While there is no substitute for a real woman, amazing inner textures and over 100 possible combinations to choose from, we all have to work a little harder to keep up. Fleshlights offer an adjustable cap to control the desired suction level you prefer, as well as a channeled sleeve, able to stretch in order to accommodate the repeated discomfort of your girth. Easy to clean and durable, Fleshlight is your number one choice brand for male sex toys. Fleshlight also offers flesh skins, sleeves, anal toys, and accessories, including lube, mounts, cases, sleeve warmers, vibrators, and more. For more information, search Fleshlight on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or visit www.fleshlight.com. This is the Keep It Basin podcast. Follow us on YouTube, subscribe to us, also on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes Music, Laughable, and wherever else you could listen to us and view us. Thank you for tuning in. He's so nice. Yo, Keep It Basement. Keep it basement, back at it, baby, with the bang bangers. Nigga, shut your ass up, man. I don't give a fuck, man. You are listening to Keep It in the Basement, like most Italians. If you're not Italian, keep it there anyway. Well, that's cool, because you're a fan. I'm a fan, too. You know what I'm saying? And I think, to me, fans make the best interviewers. You know what I mean? Like, because... Because we're asking the questions from a fan perspective. When you're a true fan and you follow the artist and you study your artist and you know an artist's music, you know an artist's background, you know the questions, the right questions to ask because you're asking questions from a fan perspective. And not only that, the reason you said that you're able to talk to uh, your favorite artist for an hour, it's not that you're able to talk to them for an hour. It's you're able to listen to them for an hour. It's a yeah. difference. See, a lot of interviewers don't listen. See, I'm a listener. I, like, yeah. like a, a lot of interviewers have 20 questions, and all they want to do is get through those 20 questions. But the yeah. truth about it is, if you ask me a question, if I ask an artist a question, and an artist answers me, if I'm listening, I'm probably going to get something else out of his answer that I want to ask him. And that's what a conversation is all about. What, keep it what radio? Basement. Keep it basement? Like, keep it, like, keep it in the house. Keep it yeah. basement radio? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Lil Dicky. Shout out Mike Sweeney, Swain, and Keep It Basement Radio. What's up, guys? This is Mickey Gall. You're listening to Keep It Basement. Keep It Basement. You are tuned in. <laughs> you are tuned in to the Keep It Basement podcast with your boy, Sweeney. Y'all heard. What up, Sween? Now tune to motherfucking Derelict. Keep it basement with the Sweens. That's the name of the podcast. Keep it basement with the Sweens. Keep it basement. We out? Uh, oh, I would love to tell you. I would love to tell you that basically uh, Mike Sweeney, the head president CEO of Keep It Basement, fully admitted. At least you know it. Keep it fucking moving. Um, Porn sex, it's like 45 minutes an hour, but like real sex is like 20 minutes. Well, maybe for... Me, I guess. Try like three or four hours. Hour and 45 minutes? What the fuck? It's four hours. Any words of wisdom here? Always use a condom, and if you don't use a condom, make sure you got like really strong pull-out game, okay? Pull-out game week. Yeah, wear a condom. Are you nuts? I have two hairless cats. I have one too. Can you get laid whenever with a bunch of options? How thirsty are your DMs? It's pretty lit. I ain't got Instagram. I don't got tweeters. I don't got nothing. A younger guy pick up a, a woman who's older than him. That's a really great question. How could I approach you and take you back to my room if we were sitting at a bar? You asked too many fucking questions. Don't ask no fucking questions.
buzz, do funny guys get laid more? Oh yeah, definitely. Would you date a uh, guy with a small penis? Like how small? <laughs> How's, how big's your penis? Like four inches? Um, how funny are you? Then you put that video on fucking Worldstar, I hit the thing, it's YouTube! Fuck me up more! Sick of it! Stay down the cellar and shut the fuck up. Just keep it basement podcast it description. Basement. Find Keep It Basement with the Sweens wherever you get your podcast with host Tom Zappia and Alex Nicholas. Please make that a permanent drop in every episode. I scold them myself. Keep It Basement podcast, we out. Uh, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stealth Mode Motorsports. Yeah. Stealth Mode Motorsports serves worldwide motorcycle enthusiasts, racers, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and custom builders with the highest quality quality OEM parts for Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki, and Ducati, super sport motorcycle models. We buy and sell used motorcycles as well. Based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, StealthModeBikes.com, also on Facebook and Instagram at Stealth Mode Motorsports. Need an engine for a car? We supply engines to race teams all over the world. Lay your bike down and don't want to pay dealer pricing? Contact us for a fraction of dealer prices. All current inventory can be found on our eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash stealth mode motorsports. Check them out. What do you want to do? You want to go to the Shipbag Comedy Show and then maybe try to roll through stress? Guys, follow your dreams and listen to Keep It Basement Rate Subscribe. Thanks, hey, guys. Peace. Thanks. Just masturbate if all else fails. Peace. Exactly. Top of California. You don't like it? Fuck it. You get on a plane, fly home. That's it. Take a chance. Four minutes at the, at the, at the, at the, at the comedy club in New Brunswick. Four minutes. Might turn into a, a spot on a Jimmy Kimball Tonight Show. You never know. You got to try it. You just can't stay uh, on a safe route because then you're going to end up being kind of bitter when you get older. That you didn't take no chances. And that's it. That's my view on things.